0: Does everybody have a pen? We got handouts in the back. I think everybody's got one, so everybody have a pen? Good, do you need a pen, Andy? You can use that. I got one. Okay. Just okay.
1: You're right. good to go.
0: Good to go. Make a little fire. All right. Are you
1: going to need the board? Uh,
0: nah, probably, probably not. No, I think it's okay if, oh, I, if sure. I do. I'll erase it, but I think, I think we're all right. Good Good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning, Dave. Good Good morning. Who, who all's online? We got Dave, the Branhams, Dottie, Carol, and Amita. Dottie. All right. And Amita. And she's right here. Right. Why wow, you're in two places at once. That's amazing. Man, the Holy Spirit is working in you. All right. All right. Well, good to be here this morning. Um I, I I wanna you know, as Steve's going through the book of Jeremiah and uh asked me to to teach this morning, um, you know, in my in my personal life, in my studies, uh, uh, over the last few months, this this uh, subject kept coming up, and, it, and we see it come up in the Book of Jeremiah. And so naturally, naturally, it came to mind. But it, it's the subject of of uh, idolatry and and the matters of the heart. And so, I want to look at that today and really look at Jeremiah's overall message. And um, and see if we can't get some some good things out of it because this this is an amazing book and uh, like, like Jim said, we're, we're living in an amazing time that really is much like Steve said, yeah. is, is very much like the book of Jeremiah. So hopefully we can get a lot out of this. And uh, I want to look at, I entitled this uh, Jeremiah's Warning, because that really is the message. And I got a warning label right at the top of your handouts. It says, Jeremiah's Warnings, engaging in this kind of behavior will prove hazardous, to your spiritual health, right? And I know I've I've experienced that in my life. So this is I'm I'm not I'm not uh, saying this from a point. Uh, so hopefully, if you're new, you don't think that I'm coming off with judgment. And the Bible is you know a lot of people look at it as as hellfire and brimstone or judgment. You know if you if you really don't understand what God's trying to do, He wants our heart. And um, so I want to look at that because really idolatry in this day and age is uh, it's everywhere. I mean, it's dangerous. It takes us away from God. And uh, that was Jeremiah's message. And really, we see it throughout the whole Bible. So... um, The real message of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, uh, if you haven't been here or you haven't been here for long, um, Jeremiah is a story of one man's journey with God even... Even though they encountered extremely difficult circumstances, and it holds both an important doctrinal and inspirational application for us also, especially in this Laodicean church age that we live in, right? Especially in America and the culture that we live in, right? Uh, So... Jeremiah is called upon God to forewarn his inhabitants or forewarn the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judea of the punishment that the city and the country would face if they did not separate themselves from idolatry and return return unto God. And really that's the message throughout the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. That's the message to us today. And I know we, we think that Well, you know, that idolatry was something just in the Old Testament. But we're going to look at that and try to really define it and see if we can't um, look at it and see if it's in our life. And see if there aren't ways that if, if you've ever had it in your life, which we all have to some degree, it can always creep back. And that was the thing with me. So let me pray and we'll get started. Father, um, I just I just come to you and, and I ask that you would just uh, prepare our hearts now to receive what you want to say to us. Uh, Jeremiah was an amazing man. And um, it, it seemed like he was out there all on his own against all odds. And he was so submitted and committed to... Um, to your will and to proclaiming your message, Lord, and and would be that we would be the same way, Lord. I, I pray that you would change our hearts to see you in the way that you actually are, that uh, so that we can receive your love and your blessing, and that close communion with you, that that intimate relationship where you want to protect us and provide for us and give us the power to live the abundant life. Lord, speak to us this morning and and just help us to truly reflect in our lives what it is that we can do to get closer to you before your return for us, Lord. What we can do in these last days to live for you and and change our heart, Lord. Help us to see that, and we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Jeremiah's message, point number one, was a message to the people concerning their heart. Religion or their heart condition. You know, you see religion in the Bible, and it's usually every place you see it, it's in a bad context, right? God doesn't want our religion, does He? He wants a relationship, right? It's 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 a matter of the heart. So it's the same all throughout the Bible, and it's the same in our life. God wants to get a hold of our heart. So the heart of the matter is always the matter of the heart. Mm-hmm, really? Yeah. So so Jeremiah seventeen nine and ten. Everybody uh, knows this verse probably. Uh, it 's very famous verse jeremiah seventeen nine and ten and, and um, it 's right there on your on your handout and uh, would somebody like to read that because it really kicks off? Steve went over it a couple uh, well, it was last month, I guess, and um, it really pictures this matter of the heart for us, and would somebody want to read that
2: The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know? who can know it? The Lord searched the heart, I tried the reins, even to try, or even to give every man according to his ways and according to his fruit of his doings.
0: Okay. That's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Two verses. There's a lot packed in there, but it, it's all a matter of the heart. The heart, our heart, our natural heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? It's desperately wicked. We can't even know it, right? Right. But the good thing about it, I, and I underline this, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart. Right? We need God. We need his word. We need the Holy Spirit to begin to allow it to search our heart and see if there's any wicked thing in it. If there's anything that will lead us away from him and lead us towards idolatry because idolatry is just falling into that state where you where you um, forsake God. You know, you, you, you stop being interested in him and you start looking at other things. So how do we do this? This second part of the verse, I like this. I try the reins. Right. Let's look at that. I try the reins, and Steve, uh, I, I think you you defined this. What the what the definition of reins was in the Bible, and what was it? Kidney. The kidneys. What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. The kidneys. All right. So, the kidneys. What do you think the kidneys do? What's the kidneys' purpose?
2: Clear mm-hmm. funds.
0: Purify the, To purify our, our systems, right? And it, it washes. We, we drink in water. Hopefully, you all are getting enough water. You're staying hydrated, right? But we need to stay hydrated with, with the water of the Word, okay? The, the, the Word of God, the Bible, is likened to water. And we need to get enough water because everything in life, requires water we need it to cleanse us to purify us right and we need the word of God to do the same thing so when he says I try the range you think of these kidneys they set physically they set behind the, behind the heart they're right back well they're, I think they're right up in there okay and uh, Steve you had a kidney stone right Yeah. and it felt like your back was in pain right yeah, it was brutal, yeah. it was brutal. It sets right back there, and and the, and the other thing about this, not only does it cleanse us right on top of the kidneys, there's two kidneys. There's two. He says I try the reins, um, and they they have two adrenal glands sitting right on top of them. So when you think of adrenal glands, you know that's what produces adrenaline, and and what does adrenaline do? Have you ever known that? feeling, where it makes you, when, when you're threatened, or when, you you know, your body, it's your body's alert system, uh, sometimes, I mean, you, you can get to where your body produces a lot of adrenaline, and when you wake up in the morning, you're like, you're up, you're you're going, and, uh, but it's our body's, like, defense system, that those adrenal glands motivate us to, to do, to, to, if we're in a threatening Uh, situation like to survive and uh, it's the same thing it's it's the same thing that God wants to do with us he wants to motivate us to go in his direction so he tries the reins and when you think about the reins you know the reins uh, and looking at that being on the heart I think of reins like of a horse right you you have it's it's one but yet you, you take it in two hands right and and what do you do? You control the horse, yeah you, you have a bit in its mouth and you have the reins and it's so on each side, and you control the horse to where it it goes, right so our heart is desperately wicked, and when you think about that, it's like a wild stallion in its natural sense. We're all like that. We're born with a sin nature. And God needs to get a hold of our reins to control us, right? And it's also, if you look at it in a figure, figuratively or a metaphorical sense, it means the seed of passions or emotions, right? And we know that our emotions... Are not always a good thing uh, in this world that we live in because they'll lead us astray and they'll lead us away from God. But He gave us another side of those reins, and it's the thoughts. It's our reasoning. And we need the Word of God, we need the mind of God to be able to allow God to take control of our reins, and as it says there, to give every man according to the fruit of his doings. Right? So God wants to bear fruit in our life, good fruit. But he needs to get a hold of our heart and get a hold of our will, which is right in the middle, right? Uh, and, and direct us in his way. So we're going to look at that because that's a very important verse as we start out. Because as you think of idolatry, you know, in this day and age... What do you think of? What do you think idols are? Does anybody have any ideas?
2: Technology.
0: We, okay. Well, yes, it is. It is. Because we think of idols when we read the Bible and we look at the Old Testament. We think of, what do you think of, Steve, when you see it in Jeremiah and throughout the Old Testament? What are they?
1: Well, there's some kind of images and. Uh Something physical that they worship, maybe
0: a false altar, or a false god. Yeah, that's what I think of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They made these graven images and molten images, and they engraved them and they made them to be to to appear like the gods that they worship, and they were looking to them to receive some kind of power, or protection, or pleasure. You know, that that they could receive from worshiping these. And it it led them away from what God really wants to give all of us. And only he can give it to us. So those things were physical. And we see that in the Old Testament. And we think, you know, I don't have anything like that. And uh, but in our day and age, like Pam alluded to, these these images become something that is internal there are internal desires to seek after other idols because we have idolatry everywhere. So that's what we're going to look at today because most of us here probably today or have in the past uh, would say, you know, I go to church, I study my Bible, I don't have any idols. But um, are you sure?
1: Yeah. Brenda Lemon says professional athletes
0: professional athletes yes we're going to talk about that a little bit because there are so many idols out there in this world today and um they can trip us all up and we can if we've ever had a problem with that in the past like i have you can slip back into it so easily and the thing is it becomes a distraction and then it deflects all your attentions away from god away from ministry away from serving God and onto those things and they can become powerful so Ezekiel tells us something about this in Ezekiel 14 3 if somebody wants to look that up um, I'll have you read it in just a second but uh, or if you've got it you can read it now do you have it? yeah Okay. son of man
2: these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their inequity before their face should I be inquired of all by them
0: Okay, very powerful verse he's talking to Ezekiel and he says tell them they have set up their idols in their heart that was the heart of the matter in the Old Testament it was really God wants control of our heart and he said you know ask them should I at all be inquired of them I mean, I think sometimes, you know, and, and it's very subtle, it's very subconscious sometimes to slip back into those old ways. And there's so many aisles around it, us that take our attention. But it's hard for God to be inquired when we need his help. Right. And we see that throughout the book of Jeremiah, you know, where, where Jeremiah says, return unto me, return unto me. But. We're too preoccupied with other things like we're going to look at. So Ezekiel tells us that uh, how can we think that we serve God and also, first blank, and your first two blanks here, and also serve and seek those go in your blank. To hide idols in our hearts, right? Because that's really what we do just like back in, back in the day. In Jeremiah's day, in Ezekiel's day, in Isaiah's day. It was always a matter of their heart. God wants to get a hold of our heart. So we need to reflect and think about it in this time and really every day. What do you spend your time seeking to fill your heart with? That's, you, know, you don't have to answer right now, because I want you to reflect. I want us to to work on that throughout this the next uh, 30-35 minutes. Okay, what do you seek to fill your heart with, okay, In, in your daily life? Is it with God, or is it with some of these other things? And this was very convicting to me, because someday we're going to have to give an account for everything that we did in this life, in this body, Right? The judgment seat of Christ. So some of our modern idols today that I want to look at are not necessarily evil in and of themselves. But let me show you some of the the maybe neutral things that can lead us down the path to the idols that it wants to show us. Here's one of them. Right here, yeah. and we all have them right <laughs> yeah. that 's an idol i mean that's that 's not the idol, but it can lead us down the path right there 's so many things that pop up that uh, that we can we can search on our phone we have Facebook right we have people have followings, right? They have followers, right? On Facebook. Uh, They have so many likes, you know, and people get so caught up into that. And we want to stay connected, right? But sometimes we want to stay so connected to the world that we disconnect from God, at least for a time, right? I mean, there's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There's all kinds of things that we can, you know, get caught up in our in our handheld devices, in our here's another one, our tablets, our computers. Right? Man, they can lead us down the wrong path really quick. You know, there are so many things. Even in preparing like something for church or doing a Bible study. You want to get on and, and go to a, a search engine like Google or Bing or whatever your search engine is, and you see all these things pop up, you know, and and it's so distracting. I noticed the last couple of weeks I'm, I'm doing this stuff and I'm like, you know, something like the Chiefs will pop up. Or, you know, I mean, as somebody said it, you know, professional sports. Yeah. That can be an idol, right? We're going to look at that. So, heroes. Uh, um, you know what? So really, an idol is anything that we put in place of God that takes you know our time away from Him, our treasure, our talents, and there's many things that we see out there. Um, so let me ask you in in your search and in our tablets and our phones, everything that we search out or get distracted, we can go down one path towards God or we can go down one path towards, you know, just our own entertainment value or whatever it is. And it can be it can be not necessarily evil in itself or it can be evil. You know, but it can lead us away from God. But there's a, what they call a digital footprint, okay. okay? And and what's a digital footprint, Jim?
1: Well, it's a uh, well, fingerprints. What I've heard more digital. Oh, digital a, uh, Trying to think of way to describe it, not It's the 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 imprint that that. Things leave on you, or and you leave on the social media. Oh, that's good. That can be traced, tracked,
0: right? Change your behavior, right? Uh, You're a target for advertising and and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, it's a fingerprint, and 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 really advertise uh, businesses. you know yeah. we 're all consumers nowadays, and it 's really big because they can track our pathways, what we seek out, what we search out yeah. you know
2: it your mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they know what to sell yeah, you, they, they know they, what they, they know what you like, they know how to con- yeah. you know well, yeah. how to go after you, and yeah. things will pop up on your phone or your device, just particularly like what you 've searched out in the past, so I have a question. You know, um, God, uh, in in Jeremiah seventeen ten, it says, "I, the Lord, search the heart. Mm. He searches the pathways of our heart and our mind." You know, so a lot of times we think, "Well, nobody really sees this," and we, and we we don't even acknowledge that God sees it. You know, yeah. so. It's very important because God does see it. Um, And let me ask you, what about TV? What about sports, entertainment, entertainment, right? Um, We all have those things, and they're not necessarily bad in themselves, but if you're... They're very addictive. I'll just say that. And if you're, if you're someone like me, you've got a propensity towards that. We all do, right? Because sin is addicted. You know, sin is... Uh, we have that propensity to escape in entertainment or TV or sports. And it just, it, it deflects our time and our energies away from God, does it not? So, you know, one thing I think of, like you said, it's, it's not
1: always bad. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes we'll focus on people or a minister, uh, a preacher above mm-hmm. the word of God. And I think of the Robbie Zacharias thing that just happened. I mean, he's a good teaching, good things, but it, it wasn't part of a local church, and you know, we can go all that. But uh-huh. when he fell, it caused a lot of people.
0: Yes yeah that's true He became an idol the Lord. he became an idol and that that's a that's an excellent way to to end this part of what we're we're yeah. down this pathway we're going with this because even in church, even in a good thing, you know we can elevate men or people like jim said and I think we've all seen that um you know many of us came from a church that had that happen where you know this figure this very uh uh charismatic Bible believer you know knew the word of God seemingly more than anybody that people follow and then you know what happens when they fall you know because our, our really God wants our heart personally to be directed towards him I mean, not that a man. You know, I mean, Brian's a great man, and man, he he leads us very well. But our our focus always has to be personally to God, and we have to have that connection ourselves. We can't we can't live spiritually vicariously through him or through our parents, or or anybody else. Thanks, Jim. That that's really good. Okay, so um let 's look at this it 's heart check time, so let me ask you this if you if you reflect and again, you know hopefully throughout the week or maybe later today uh, uh, even right now, but we probably don 't have a a lot of time to reflect on it right now, but just begin and think about it because this is very important God wants us if he wants to search our heart and help to change our heart, we have to reflect on things like this, like how much time, how much talent, how much treasure. We talk about these three things that we give back to God, that he gives to us and we tithe or give back to him in service or in sacrifice. Um, And let me ask you, how much time, talent and treasure do you spend on those things that I just talked about? And... Versus, how much time do you spend on God? So, if you're looking at an accounting sheet, a ledger, you know you got two sides, and you want to balance it out, right? So, hopefully, you're spending. You want to get to where you're spending most of your time on God, on on ministry, on uh, you know loving God and loving people, and. And spending less of our time on entertainment, and not that those are bad hobbies, you know. I mean, Steve gave an illustration I could really relate to that. Um, back, back before we really got in ministry, you know, we we're playing on, and and I did too. Uh, so, um, I'll give your illustration. But uh, he's playing on a softball team, and you know, and it was he had a conflict with uh, going to D two or taking the test or something one night. So, you 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 gave it up. Yeah,
1: it was for the season league.
0: Championship. No, no,
1: it was just D two was going to be on the same night oh. as our ball, as our softball league. Softball
0: team. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I had to choose softball or D two.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I had to make those decisions too. It was soft, I was softball, you know, uh, on a number of nights, and you know, with with lifting, with other things, and and God and. And Steve said that when he did that, you know, God gave it, you know, there's a softball team at KCBT where we went and we, you know, we got to play softball and we went out with grace and we we got to play softball. But the focus there was not around softball or sports or, you know, whatever. Gloring in our, you know our abilities like people in the world do, it was it was centered around ministry. So it's still even though we're playing softball, it could still change our heart and we could still you know give it to give the glory to God and be able to minister and and uh, study God's word. We had we would have you know devotions before or after the game and stuff like that. So. It, it it's amazing how God will change and still he wants to fill those desires as long as our focus is on him so once we recognize that we have sought out these things that lead to idol- idolatry it's not enough to just put them away we must we must replace them that's the point that's what goes in your blank we need to replace that desire with with God to be filled with his his promises, his presence, his power. And we also need to learn to give him back of our time, talent, and treasure. So we need to balance that ledger out and begin to to give our time, our talent, our treasure to God. You know? And it's like you were saying the other the other night, Matt. You know, it's like Man, I used to you know, lust after certain things and now I just I lust after God. I, I love to do the things that just fill me with his word and that's the way it is. I way I live it. Anymore. Yeah. Right. Oh, it just replaces that need that we we start to fill ourselves with. Right? So um Jeremiah I
2: haven't got a TV. We've come to a compromise. We watch, <laughs> we watch Highway to Heaven and <laughs> the Little House yeah. of
0: Mary <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Even the old shows, you know. Yeah,
2: maybe. Was- our compromise.
0: Which are, yeah, they're, they're you I like know the what? TV. And I was thinking about that too. I used to love all those old shows. But the thing is, it it, it still it takes your time. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. but if it's taking all your time, or it begins to take more and more time, you know, hey, God, God is the only one. We need to go to God to fill those needs. Not like you can't do anything else, right? But we're going to look at that in in a minute. But in Jeremiah seventeen, verses twelve uh, through fourteen, somebody want to read that? It's on your handout. Dave Branham, will you read that for us? Oh, oh he was on. <laughs> 17 who? 17, uh, just down to verses
1: 12 through 14. Okay, I can read it. Okay, good. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be
0: healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. Right, right. I like that, that he t- he sets the focus right at the beginning that we need to focus on. A glorious high throne from the very beginning, from the beginning, is the place of our sanctuary. Right? And that's really the issue. We take sanctuary in those things. We get deflected from taking sanctuary in God and we find sanctuary. We find escape from those things, from TV, from sports, from technology, from, man, our phones. They've taken over our lives, haven't they? And and I'm not saying we should throw our phones away, but you know what? I, I, I disconnected from Facebook and all those apps when I got my new phone back in April, oh, cool. and I tell you, it, it it's it's it, it's like it, it pulls the power out, but yet it allows God, it allowed God to begin to fill me in a, in a, in a new way, you know, because it takes so much time. You go on Facebook. I mean, I found that I was spending hours sometimes on Facebook, looking at this person, answering this, doing this. You know, not necessarily bad things. You know, yeah. and saying it's, you know, it's ministry yes. opportunity. Yeah, and
1: people reach out to you through Facebook. Yeah, everybody's got a Facebook.
0: Everybody's got it. Every,
1: right. Every homeless guy has a Facebook.
0: Right. 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 So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything against it. I'm just saying it, it, it a was distraction. It, it distracted me. It does. Yeah. And, and and those kind of things when you, when you've got all these things and and I mean those kind of things that I listed are all things that I battled with, and they uh, not only become a distraction, it's like it makes it makes you very ADHD. In
1: yes, it's interrupt driven. Yeah, it'll interrupt you right in the middle of you doing something else.
0: Right. The notifications. That's true. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you're just like, okay, what? I'm like, okay, I want to get... What? Now, I had my my Bible app up, and I was going to search out this, and I forgot what it was. I'm like, what was that? You know? It's crazy. It's very distracting. And you know what? And it, and it steals God's glory. So He is our sanctuary. He, You know, we can't... Be satisfied. We can find escape, maybe for a little while. Just like we, uh, you know, in life issues, the you know, people try to find escape through drugs. Right? We say that's a way of escape. Right? Uh, or our alcohol, or our gambling, or you know, money, or TV, or entertainment. It's all addictive. Right? So. God wants to be our sanctuary. He wants to provide for us. He wants to protect us. And he wants to empower us to live the abundant life. He wants to give us peace in that, just like a sanctuary would do. Okay? So, and then I like the the last part of this. I want to focus because he said, because they have forsaken the Lord, right? And that's what this slide to deflect, to go down the path of anything that can lead you into idolatry, it, it it makes you slowly forsake the Lord. Right? It's not all at once. Sometimes it's intermittent, like Jim said. But He is the Fountain of Living Waters, and when you think of that, the the Fountain of Living Waters. What do you what do you think of?
1: That things bubble up, me from the
0: baton. That's very good, Rosie. Because a fountain, actually, what he's talking is a well spring. So people would dig down wells, and and it would bubble up. It would be from the underground streams that they would hit, and that would it would bubble up in the well. It would flow through, and it would be like a fountain, and it would begin to fill the well. Right? The well in the Bible um, pictures in i think it is four places and and figuratively it speaks of our heart did you know that it speaks of our heart not not uh, our physical heart but our the heart that's in our inner man, our soul, right? And God wants to fill it with His Spirit. He wants it to bubble up. He wants to begin to, to bless us and to protect us and provide for us. And he, he wants to show us that in His Word, the water of the Word. And He wants uh, the Holy Spirit to begin to give us the, the fruit of our doings that's produced by the Holy Spirit, right? And give us that those things that we're all searching for, love, joy, peace, right? We're all searching for that. That can only come from God, the fountain of living waters, right? So, um, as we go on, um, I like what Jeremiah said here at the last of this verse because Jeremiah, and, and, you know, and like like I, I said to you, yeah, um all of these things I've struggled with in the past. I don't know about probably a lot of us here have struggled with some of those things, maybe struggled with all of those things. Um, but Jeremiah was sent to warn against these things. But right in the last part of this verse, I love this because he could identify, he could see his own propensity to to slip away, to forsake God, to, to go into that. Because look at what he says. He says, heal me. You know, and that's what I cry out. If we're going to have our heart change and really experience that fountain of living waters, we need to cry out to God to heal me, heal my heart, heal me. He says, "Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved." And he puts his faith. He puts his trust in Him. He said, "For Thou art my praise." So the next point it is. Um, we must seek that goes in your blank we must seek god's ultimate glory to drink and be filled from the fountain of life that can only come through God through His word and his holy spirit all right we must be filled because we're trying to be filled with something that's the point that we're going to look at in this next in this next uh, uh, part we're always trying to be filled. And have our desires filled, our met, our met. You know, we're trying to be filled with, you know, pleasure, or or power, or what are you trying to be filled with? What do you what do you like to be filled with, Pam? Wisdom. Wisdom. And everything has a counterfeit in this world. God's got the only real, true wisdom. God's got the only true peace. But we seek peace in other things, don't we? If we ask, he'll give it to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why I like life issues verse. Because we deal with this, you know, so much in our lives and people around us. Um, And we know it in addiction that it's so tied to idolatry. Um, But Our our, uh, what would you call it, our key verse, our theme verse for life issues is Proverbs 4.23 and uh, what does it say, Steve? Yeah,
1: keep
0: thy heart with all diligence. Yeah. That are life. Yeah. We get started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep, the, keep thy heart with all diligence, right? So we need to be diligent. We need to reflect like we, we said. We need to think about what we spend our time, talent, and treasure on. And we need to think about that. And because if we're not being filled with God's presence, his power to live life, we're going to be very dissatisfied. And that's what I want to look at next because Jeremiah invites the Israelites to steer away from that which is superficial and carnal and unfulfilling, right? It, it, it never lasted, it never satisfied, which to turn to God, to that which was sincere and sacrificial and obedient and fulfilling, right? Those things are all lead to God fulfilling us from that fountain of living waters. In Jeremiah 2.13, he says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, right, the, the fountain of living waters, and ewed them out cisterns, right, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, what's the difference between a well and a cistern? Steve went over this last, uh, I think it was in, well, maybe it was back in Jeremiah 2.
2: well salt the ground and a cistern. It's just, it's just a container
0: the whole of yeah, that yeah. Uh, and one is one that God God provides right the stream from underneath mm-hmm. from his creation and the other
2: is a concrete fat that holds water you have to put in and then it's
0: gone. It's something that man makes, right? We make it ourselves. Right? But but he says it's broken. It's not going to hold. It's not going to last in other words. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing when we try to find satisfaction from anything else it never lasts, does it? It it can't hold water, like they say. That don't that can't hold water. No. Yeah. That don't that don't hold water. You know as the saying goes, that's where it comes from. So, the next point is we must keep our heart clean goes in your blank by continually going to the fountain of life daily, okay? It's continual, right? Well, and a lot of times I think it's so easy. Man, we get on this high when God's like, you know, doing things in our life and he's changing us. But we got to realize we, we have to do that continually. We have to go to that fountain of living water every day, don't we? Uh, you know, someday when this life is over, you know, he's going to fill us completely. Body, soul and spirit. He's going to change us. But for right here and now, we have to go to him to provide and to protect and to empower us, right? So this is a perfect picture of Israel's heart problem, thirsting to be filled with all the things that these other gods or idols, right? Because gods are always tied to idols, right? We always see there's some power, some devil, if you will, some power behind this false worship of idols, right? That we get into. And then, and, uh, They promise us so many things, right? They they promise us all the counterfeits that God counterfeit desires to be filled, that God really placed within us that can never be, never be filled, right? They're false promises that produce false worship. So the hard problem is this goes in your blank thirsting to be filled with all all the things that these other gods promised but can never fulfill. And yeah. this is the problem of, dare I say, uh, again, most believers in this Laodicean church age. And we see God describes it really throughout all the church ages. And we look in the book of Revelation chapters 2 and 3 when he's talking to the churches in, the, in those different ages, those seven churches, I mean, they all, well, all of them, but one, uh, I don't think Philadelphia, but they all had this this pervading, he didn't address it in Philadelphia because it hadn't overrun the church, but they all had this problem with idolatry, right? And, um, and we all have this propensity, you know, if Jeremiah was praying, you know, oh God, you know, heal me, then, you know... We all need to pray this same prayer because we all can be, you know, we can all seek after those things that really will never fulfill. And so from this verse, we learn three things that I want to look at real quick, um, that we find uh, three points from this verse about. Uh, we learn three things about people in general, right? This is true of all of us in general, right? We know the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. It'll lead us astray. But when we try to fill our own heart with the things of, these, of this world that leads to idolatry, um, we find out that they, they, we are empty, right? Empty goes in your blank. We end up empty, you ever feel like you're running on dry? Like you, you you just, man, it was good for a while, but now I'm just, I'm running on empty and, and I'm not being filled with all the good things of God. It makes it harder. You know, there's so many distractions and deflections because they either have no God, the people in this generation, or else... They have forsaken the way to be filled by him. And that's really the issue, even in this lay and deceit in church age. We've not gone down the right way that he prescribes to be filled with him. And we replaced it with something else. Like Ephesians 5.18. What does that say, Pam? You're awful quiet today. I I don't know but I'll it up. It's right there in your handout. Oh, it is? Here. No, maybe not. <coughs>
2: Point one. Is that
0: one down there, 5.18? Yeah. Jesus answered? No, 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 no. Uh, maybe I took that off there. I'll read it. It says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Right? So there's there's two things. We can seek after things in this world, we, and, and it's like being drunk with wine. You know, being drunk with wine, we all... Know what that probably looks like or looks like in someone else, but it, it, it you know we we call being filled with the the spirit as being sober or sober minded right We can become drunk with so many other things, not only wine right we can be drunken on. You know, pleasure, uh, that, or, or this false sense of peace that we get sometimes from sports. Have you ever seen people? Uh, you know, like uh, Chiefs games. You know, have you ever went to a Chiefs game? I mean, that's no greater uh, thing I can think of in a real. Sp- uh, a, a sporting event like that of, of of worship, people are drunk. Yeah, drunk. man. Well, people are drunk. Yeah, that too. But people are drunk. They're high on on you know just the whole thing. This hero ho- worship and Pat Mahomes and you know it's 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 crazy. It's a, it's a, it really is worship. Chiefs Kingdom. Oh yeah! Right, right. They have their own kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's good. So, anyway, but the thing is, what happens when they lose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. empty. Right. The Chiefs lost the, last year, the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl again, right? But when they lost, it's like, oh, I'm empty. Yeah, I know. You guys are hating me now. But I, hey, I'm, I'm you know what? I've been so guilty of that. You, you know, the same thing. But uh, so we got We've got to guard against that because it never lasts. Nothing ever lasts but God and what He wants to give us. Because we'll end up empty. The second thing is they are stubborn, right? They are stubborn, uh, and we we get a definition of of this. Um, or we see a picture of, of what this really looks like in 1 Samuel 15, 22, and 23. If somebody wants to read that, but they were stubborn, you can be turning to it. Or Do I have that in your notes? Do I have that? No, I think I took that out too for space. But 1 Samuel 15, 22, and 23.
2: And Samuel said, half the Lord is great. Delight, burnt offerings, and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken then the fat of rams. Right. Rebellion is as the, son, or as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as, is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being
0: he. Right, right. So he's speaking to Saul here, and Saul was a people pleaser, and he really wanted to please himself saul 's a picture of the antichrist he 's a picture of people that get into self worship and who is the greatest God uh, in this world that we that we face the greatest God other than God and that little g ourselves yes, the God of me yeah man rosie you 're two for two you 're just you 're batting a thousand. Pardon my pun but um, yeah it's the God of me right because that's what Saul was worshiping you know he was sacrificing and he was he was trying to be real religious you know and he went ahead and 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 because the people took it the spoil like they were commanded not to and they were supposed to wait for for um, Samuel to come along and and prepare the sacrifice Saul just went ahead and did it himself. Right? Didn't he? Didn't he do that there, Steve? Uh-huh. Or Jim? Yeah. And uh, and and God says, "Behold," or Samuel says to to Saul and to us, "Behold, obey, to obey is better than sacrifice." And a lot of times we can get caught up into going to church or reading our Bible yeah. and doing our duty, and we're sacrificing maybe our time and our talent and our treasure, but. You know what? There's certain things in our life that maybe in our personal life that maybe we aren't obeying, where maybe we're not given as much as our time or our talent, or that God desires, you know, for us to to truly be filled by Him, and uh, He says. For, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness. Here it is, stubbornness or stubborn is that the iniquity of idolatry. So he equates it to idolatry there. Um, and then the third point, and we'll be finished, is uh, they will ultimately be disappointed, and we will too, because they cannot be filled with those things. Right. They just don't last. They never—they're never satisfying, are they? They never last for long, and we know that. And even—even even looking forward, even in, you know—in our brief moments uh, of trying to be filled with other things, only God can give us the living water that truly satisfies. Like Jesus said in John fourteen, uh, John four thirteen. Um, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, one of the greatest stories. I love it. It's a it's a it's a picture of each and every one of us that we look we look to the world, we look to all these things. They're natural, but they can never satisfy. And this woman that was caught up in idolatry, Jesus answered unto her and he said, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again, right? And again, and again, and again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give unto him or her shall be a well of water springing up to everlasting life. So I I, I would like, if you could, to maybe take some time Later, and and really reflect more on this, and think about what are you filling your your time with or your calendars. What do you what are you filling? What does that look like? Yeah. You know, and, and let God search your heart, and 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 reflect on it. What are you filling your your talents or your your interests with? What are, what are your hobbies or what are you know? Are you using them? Um, turning them over to God. And what are you uh, spending your your treasure or your money on in your personal life? In your personal life, right? As well as your, your spiritual life. But, but especially for us that go to church, maybe read our Bible, that do sacrifice. What are you doing in your personal life? Um, Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And... You know that's the thing. We can only find um, our heart's desire to be filled by by coming to Him. You know, and remember as we think about this, any of these things that are addictive that lead to idolatry uh, is leads us back to the world and the flesh. And the devil. And remember, it's not just like, we don't just jump into it all at once, right? It's just a slow slide. It's like little by little, inch by inch, right? That's how the world gets us caught up and into its its web. Little by little, inch by inch, everything is a cinch. See you guys. Um, So... Ephesians three seventeen and nineteen. We'll close on this because God tells us how we can be filled. He He, he tells us about all that He provided. Um, would somebody like to read that as we close? Ephesians three seventeen nineteen through nineteen. You, you can read it, Jim. Everybody else is right, shut up. Seventeen through
1: nineteen. Ephesians three. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. That's a good verse. That
0: is a good verse. We all want that, don't we? Does anybody not want that? (laughs) I I, I love that. I love that the way that verse is because this verse really, um, man, God showed me something in this. It just really shocked me. Have you ever had those verses that come out and it's like, wow, did you see that? God speaks to your heart and he says that we may be rooted and grounded in love to comprehend with all the saints, those that are saved, right? What is the breadth, length, depth, and height? There's four things there. Mm-hmm. Now in our world, we think yeah. 3D, right? We think width, we think we think length and width and, and height, right? Yeah. right? We're 3D. Yeah, we're 3D. But he said, in depth, he adds another dimension. Because from God's perspective, which we can only get from His word, which we can only get from the Holy Spirit that teaches us His word, we get a whole nother dimension. We can see the depth we we can see right down into the heart of what's going on really personally in our lives and what God wants to do do to us and through us, right He wants to fill us with that love of God that only he can do, and that kind of that kind of living water will never never fade, it's always satisfying, so yeah. We got to come to it daily. So thank you for your patience. I probably went over by about five minutes. But um, would somebody, Jim, would you want to pray for us? Actually, uh, got to shut down. Oh, you got to shut down. Yeah, somebody yeah. else want to pray? Anybody? Everybody's. Pam, would you want to pray for us? Um, a, I need to pass. Pa- I uh. need to pass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll pray for us, okay? Father, I thank you so much for um, your goodness, and I thank you for your love. I thank you for um, all that you provide for us and how you protect us, and that you want to be that sanctuary for uh, that sanctuary, that protection for us. That. We need to turn to you and look to your glorious high throne. Lord, we need to see you as the only one that can be worshipped with our time and our, our treasure, our talent. Lord, I pray that we we would turn to you in these last days as we see the day approaching when you're going to come back in, in your glory, when Jesus is going to come back to, to um resurrect us to raise us and and take us to glory lord i just pray that we would uh, be serious about being filled with your holy spirit and being filled with your your will that comes from your word and to just to to experience that love that you have for us here and now so that others might experience it also and we praise you and we thank you for all you do. And uh, I just pray that you'd bless the service and uh, the people that we come in contact with uh, this week, Lord. So we we pray that we'd always be a light that shines in, in a dark place in these dangerous times that we live in. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay.
1: All right.
0: Just push stop. Yeah. I got it
1: on hold right now. I got it on hold.